Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. All right, welcome to Noise Filter. This is Dr. Mark Allendary. Doc Griggs is not able to be with us today. So let's go ahead and get started. India's COVID cases have plummeted and researchers aren't sure why. So in the early fall, India was seeing as many as 100,000 new cases of COVID a day. The crisis sent the country into a recession like it's never seen before. In October, researchers expected another spike as people gathered for the Hindu festivals. But the opposite occurred. Right around this time, daily COVID cases in the nation began dropping significantly. Now, only a few months later, the country reports about 10,000 new cases a day. Researchers aren't sure what the country may have done to do so well, and they're examining the nation's public health and cultural practices to see if it could be mimicked abroad. India does have a strict mask mandate. Police do hand out 200 rupee fines for those who violate the rule. It's about equivalent of $2.75. The country also prioritizes awareness, replacing the dial tones on phone calls with a message encouraging masking and hand washing by government officials and celebrities. India also has a hot and humid climate. While some researchers say otherwise, there is evidence to claim that this may reduce the spread of COVID. In a survey at the Punjab State, Georgetown University researchers found that three-quarters of patients did not infect any other person. 10% of cases accounted for 80% of infections, and the researchers are unsure whether this is related to climate or not. India is also a very young population. More than half the population is under 25 and less likely to be symptomatic when infected. Those in the nation who are elderly and at highest risk tend to be financially secure and have overall better health. Pakistan's rich and conspiracy theorist. So the Pakistani health advisor and the COVID-19 response team does not think nationwide immunization will happen in 2021, assuming all goes well. With over half a million cases and 11,000 deaths, Pakistan has not been experiencing overwhelming hospitals or resource shortages, fortunately. Now, advisor Fatima Akram Hayat is focusing on vaccination programs, and according to NPR, this won't be easy with vaccine snatchers, misinformation, and some wealthy people. So like most countries, Pakistan is prioritizing frontline healthcare workers and the elderly for vaccinations, but there is concern about the powerful elite. They can pressure local health officials for priority access, threaten vaccine administrators, and pay for the free government-provided dose, creating a black market. When Pakistan opens to the medically vulnerable, these people have the potential to access medical documents showing a condition, something that letting the elites buy the vaccine privately may 
may actually help. What? In this case, the government will let companies conduct their own rollouts. One company, which is one of the biggest importers, is planning to charge $13 for a dose. The government is hoping that what happened with charging for lab testing will happen with vaccines, because charging for tests help increase numbers and reduce pressure on the government. Hayat is also worried about attacks on vaccine workers and those refusing to be vaccinated. This isn't unprecedented in Pakistan, however. Pakistan is one of the few countries that has polio because militants have attacked and killed health workers who go door to door to give the vaccine. On top of this, misinformation about COVID-19 vaccine has been apparent. Many people believe COVID-19 is not real or sadly that a chip would be implanted in them. And of the people who want a vaccine, most don't want a Western-made one. So Hayat is planning on recruiting celebrities, influencers, and respected religious leaders to convince people to get the vaccine. And to that end, I say yay, influencers, celebrities, whoever it is that you can use to promote vaccination, I am 100% supportive. So good luck, Pakistan. Involvement of private companies in public health raises privacy concerns. So, in early January, the city of Philadelphia started a public-private partnership with a local nonprofit called Philly Fighting COVID to set up mass vaccination clinics. Initially, the project was a massive success. They were able to vaccinate thousands of residents a day, and the nonprofit's website was able to pre-register those who weren't yet eligible to get a vaccine. The city encouraged people to do this as they had no pre-registration mechanism themselves. But the city ended the partnership after the nonprofit changed its status to for-profit and altered its privacy policy to say that they could sell the pre-registration data. The events in Philly demonstrated a general need for a more thorough health privacy laws throughout the nation. So, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, also referred to as HIPAA, was passed in 1996, and it isn't adaptable to the volume of health-related data that we now generate. Even in cases where HIPAA would protect your data, the federal government has granted exceptions for things like web-based scheduling of COVID vaccinations. Now, while there is no evidence that any private companies partnering with local governments have sold health data, it does raise the issue of public trust. If the public does not trust that their information will be kept private, they may not seek treatment. And when Americans who are already hesitant to get a vaccine, this gray area of personal information could serve as a greater obstacle. So local health departments have increasingly relied on the private sector to ease the burden on overextending communities. And if this trend continues, laws that thoroughly protect personal data are essential. Yes, indeed. Democrats in both the House and Senate came out with the Public Health Emergency Privacy Act in late January, and the bill would prevent the use of health data in unrelated government agencies and require that private companies keep data secure. We'll continue to watch this story as we know that our data is important and should not be sold to other entities. Lawmakers advocate for mental health days for students in the pandemic. Now, the pandemic has taken a mental toll on so many, including young people. As a result, more and more states are looking at ways to give students mental health days to reduce youth suicide and lessen the stigma of mental health issues. Now, according to ABC News, Utah 
lawmakers have searched for ways to reduce an alarming rate of youth suicides for the past few years. The coronavirus pandemic has added urgency to that search because it has multiplied the pressures on kids all over the country as many have spent almost a full year doing remote learning, being isolated from their friends and classmates. Compared to 2019, the portion of children's emergency room visits related to mental health was 44% higher in 2020. Mental health professionals are concerned about the potential long-term mental and academic effects that students may face from the pandemic. In addition to growing reports of anxiety and depression, many students say that they just don't feel like they're absorbing class material virtually and they're not getting enough support. For some students, this can lead to increased self-harm and suicide. Mm. Utah and Arizona proposed legislation that would add mental or behavioral health to a list of reasons students can be absent from class, so that's good. It would be treated as the same thing as staying out of school with a physical illness, and similar laws have passed in Oregon, Maine, Colorado, and Virginia in the past two years. Diebel Plotnick, Vice President of Mental Health America, said offering mental health days can help children and parents communicate and prevent struggling students from falling behind in school or even ending up a crisis. We know that this year has been extra hard for young people, and that's why it's so essential that students feel comfortable to come forward and say they need to take some actions to support their mental health. Just as a reminder, that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.